Hello and welcome to another episode of The Other Side of Happiness with your host, Bernadine. Very excited for today's topic because it touches on boundaries and I like to explain stuff in the way that I understand it from things that I have learned. I would drop every now and then a couple of people that you should look into because studying the mind and studying how we as human beings work and so to say what makes us tick is a continuous thing so every single day i am learning new things at the moment i'm currently busy with a certificate on victor frankl's logotherapy it is incredibly incredibly interesting and you should definitely definitely go and google him But today's topic, which is an interesting one, and like I say, touches on boundaries. And I know this is going to make you just think a little bit. And the topic is, what kind of friend are you? I know that when we think of friendship, we don't necessarily think of the kind of friendship or friend that we are. We don't think of friendships in a one-sided manner. It's a two-way. It's a two-way streak. It's something that, like a dance, is back and forth. It's like that chainsaw, you know, in those black and white movies where somebody needs to pull and the other one kind of needs to let go in the next. And it's like this unison of working together. But have you ever thought about what type of friend you are in the sense of where you fit into into other people's lives. Are you a giver? Are you a listener? Are you a helper? Are um, you the drainer? And I don't mean to offend anyone. What I mean to do, and when I work with clients, a lot of them, I myself, I'm a giver. I'm a big giver, big people pleaser. I had to learn how to say no. I had to double check boundaries i had the book on boundaries and someone borrowed it and they just never gave it back because what i do is i sometimes read um two or three books at a time yes i know i know it's it's what i do is what i enjoy doing i'm always busy with more than I would say three things at a given time, which is fine. But I had this book on boundaries that was given to me. Someone borrowed it, they loaned it, and they never gave it back. I'll make a note. I think I need to get it. I also need to read The Other Side of Happiness. If you've missed the episode where I explain why I chose this name, is a lot of times the biggest fear that we have is after everything what happens when we're happy what happens when we have literally everything that we want like would you be happy because i've seen a lot of times how i myself would self-sabotage a perfectly good moment but what happens afterwards like right now i'm in i think the happiest state of mind that i've been ever i'm working on getting my body healthy i'm working on getting, getting my mind healthy But I'm also working on having the conversations within myself and sharing them with you because I wanted to be the person that I needed growing up. I wanted somebody to explain things 
and would more appreciate somebody explaining stuff the way that I would explain it to my clients in terms of feedback and understanding. When I talk about what type of friend you are, and this is going, this might hurt, might make you think a little bit, but I'm doing it because it needs to be said. I am the dependable friend. I'm the loyal friend. I'm the friend you call when shit goes down. Okay? But what I'm not or what I, I saw in myself, especially during COVID, I have five extremely close good friends. Five friends that would notice if I had not spoken to them in a while. Five friends that includes a cousin, my sister, or cousin, so to say. Actually, I have more, but I'm talking about friends, friends, friends right now, because if I have to go cousins, my cousins and I are very close. I've got five people that I know would miss me, that I've met in my life, that I would know, they would know if something was up. But I am to a lot more people the one that they would call when something goes wrong. I'm not the person that I I would not call them for help. And this, as much as it is a wonderful thing, it's extremely exhausting because then what happens is when you do need those people, firstly, you don't know how to communicate that you need help. Secondly, that person doesn't even know how to respond to you because they've never been put in the situation by you where you need their assistance and this is where I say it's like it's a two-way street it does not mean at all that I'm picking on anybody but I had to cut a lot of unhealthy relationships where people were just calling me when stuff was wrong where they were just calling me for help but when everything was fine in their life they were not so sorry I just moved my mic I'm so sorry I talk with my hands and um Sadly, I had to cut people out of my life. I had to cut the ones out that were just taking. I had to cut those out that when I shared something good happening in my life, they weren't happy. They, I could see it. I could sense it. And I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the friend that you cannot share happy news with, but you can share certain other aspects. I'm talking about the lifelong friend that's always been there that um, you think has been supportive. And when you actually look into the relationship and you start diving deep, you realize that the relationship you have with them is and will always be more about you supporting them than them supporting you. And this is where boundaries come into play. You don't just go and fire people. I'm not at all telling you to stop speaking to these friends and people. What I am asking you right now is when you have a conversation with somebody, if it's draining, if it's exhausting, if you are giving the same advice over and over and they have not changed, this is from personal experiences, from working with clients. Truth is, they just want your attention. Yep, they want your attention in that moment. They want to know that their life is important in that given time. And unfortunately, that is something that with coaching, I had to relearn. Like in coaching, there's a big part on listening. 
And there's this brilliant TED talk. I need to remember to add the link in there. Cannot recall her name right now. Where she talks about listening and how people communicate. And then there was a speaker who also mentioned that a lot of times people don't listen to hear. They listen to respond. I'm going to say that again. People don't listen to hear. They listen to respond. It's extremely sad, but it's the truth. On this chapter on listening, it took me a while to get into really listening. It took me a while to reprogram my brain to not come up with an answer because they did not want an answer. What they needed was for me in that moment to listen, listen to the session, listen to what they are telling me and for me to ask the questions because I am a mentor that will give you advice on a situation that I've been in that is where I explain the experience but when I'm in a coaching session I will prompt you with questions like I am right now where I ask you what kind of friend are you to make you think and reassess where it is that you are that's the way I explain it right now to you that's how I feel in the moment and the more I understood and the more I learned about listening intentionally the more I realized that I actually don't have aside from these friends that I have these friends that I have neglected the friends that you know I um didn't maybe touch base on as much as I wanted to I had to admit to myself okay there are times where you are a drainer a drainer of energy where you just call the specific person also when something is wrong how do we need to change that how do I catch myself like I said I'm not picking on anyone what I'm trying to do is make you aware of a certain situation and it's something that either you are doing or somebody else is doing. You cannot reteach somebody something without them wanting to unlearn that bad behavior. For example, I don't like it when I speak to somebody and they're on their phone, especially when it's about somebody important. I find it very disrespectful. I don't like it at all. Am I guilty of doing it? I'm sure I have done it before. I try to correct that behavior now. And that is where your mental reset starts. It's all about wanting to do something. I want to do something. I want to make sure I spend less time on my phone when I'm around certain people. I will let them know if there's something going on where I had a scenario with um, my boss recently. My father-in-law was very ill. I sent her a message to please excuse myself and my husband if we are on our phones because at the, that time that we are with her, because of the time difference, I'm in the USA, they're in South Africa. South Africa six hours ahead of my time zone. I apologize if she walks in and I'm on my phone. I might be talking to my mother-in-law or my father-in-law or we're just going through this difficult time. She appreciated that so much and I'm sure of it because I was not wasting her time while I was at my place of work. I was letting her know what is going on. 
I want you to ask yourself today, are you being the type of friend that you needed in your hard moments? Are you being the type of friend that celebrates others? Are you being the type of friend that gives back? Are you being the type of friend that listens to the same advice over and over without changing it? It goes back to that old saying, insanity can be ex explained as doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. It's not going to change. A simple way for me to explain this is when you do the dishes, if you're lucky enough to have a dishwasher, I love you have dishwashers I didn't always love it I learned to love it I learned the usefulness of that but if you have a normal basin same same thing same logic applies if there are dishes in your basin or in the dishwasher can you add any more dishes in there once it's full to the brim no can you rinse those dishes? Yes, of course you can. Will they be as sparkling clean as if there was less dishes in the dishwasher or basin? Yes. And this is exactly how our mind works. The more you sort out and clean up the dirty dishes, clean them, stack them, store them, put them away, the more space you have in that basin or dishwasher, which I would like to think is your brain, it is your mind. In order to reset a negative mindset, it takes more than 21 days. It takes more sometimes in six months. It takes as long as it takes like I tell my clients, the process is the process and the process shows results if you work it. You have to continuously work at the one thing that you are trying to improve. I hope that I've encouraged you to think differently about your friendships and your relationships with others. It's not always a negative thing. It's not always about cutting out people of your lives. It's also about how you can be a better friend to them. If you love this, if you found this useful, please follow my Instagram page at your motivational coach. I'll leave the details in the show notes. It's been wonderful having you, whether you are in your home, in your car, doing the laundry, maybe doing dishes with your earpods, earpods, sorry, or headphones on. I appreciate you listening. And that is your host, Bernadine, on the other side of happiness. Bye for now.